0: Welcome to 5 O'Clock Leadership, everybody, with Brad and Rob. Rob and I live and breathe leadership. We coach leaders, we work with leaders, we aspire to be leaders, we're students of leadership. This is an opportunity for you to tap into our work with leaders. Hey, welcome to 5 O'Clock Leadership, everybody, with Rob and Brad. And you got Rob and Brad on the line here, and silently our good friend maddie we are excited this is our second podcast we're feeling feeling really good aren't we rob how are you feeling about podcast number two well
1: still a little intimidated by the whole thing um you know you want to get it right you want to you want to do well but i think we're having fun with it it's uh you know i'll i'll really feel like we're professional podcasters when my equipment comes next week Brad yeah, absolutely you now we ordered the we ordered the special speakers with the telescoping arm uh, what is it the blue yeti Maddie you had us uh, you had us get those
0: put all yeah. but all the the big shots use yeah
1: all the big <laughs> shots yeah so we're aspiring big shots that's a, that's a that's a big shot isn't it Brad a long way away but it
0: um, is <laughs> And I feel like a big shot in my home office slash studio. I don't know about you,
1: Rob. You look like a big shot with the headphones on, Brad.
0: Well, you look like a hippie with that hairdo you got going on there, Rob. (laughs) When's the last time your hair was that long?
1: Well, like the the Blue Yeti microphone, the hair clippers have also been delayed by Amazon because I guess they're considered non-essential. So uh, what was supposed to be what a two day turnaround is turning into a two to three week uh, delivery. So, but I think it's all going to be here next week. So next week I should be looking a lot more professional, Brad, because my hair will be trimmed uh, hopefully. And I'll have this really cool microphone in front of me and I'll be wearing headphones like you, Brad. Well,
0: speaking of hair, Rob, how professional would dreadlocks be? (laughs) Because <laughs> that's where Don't I'm go going, there. man. <laughs> Don't go there. All right. So this is, as we said, this is our second podcast. This podcast is for leaders. And uh, Rob and I both work with leaders uh, on a daily basis. We are leaders, or aspire to be at least. And and speaking of leadership, today in particular, we're going to talk about how Trump and the governors are leading. Rob, what's your first take on, <laughs> on Trump and the governors? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brad, Brad, we, like dreadlocks, they we said we're not going there. <laughs> all right, you're right. We're not going there,
0: as uh, although, many of although you are.
1: If Trump and the governors are listening in, they might find some benefit in what we're going to talk about today for leaders.
0: Actually, they probably all could find benefit in what we're they about might today, because today we're going to talk about the number one impediment to leaders growing and changing. But before we get into that, why are we doing this podcast in the first place? That's a great question,
1: Brad. That's a great question. We kind of just said, let's do a podcast. We did. You know, it's interesting. I see a lot of other coaches offering webinars. You know, you got to sign up and show up at a certain time. Some of them are charging for that. And Brad, what's wrong with us? We're, We're like offering this stuff for free. Like we don't have any sponsors or anything, how are we? (laughs) We don't have anybody listening to us, Rob.
0: (laughs) Except for Maddie and Wisconsin.
1: I think we need to shut this thing down right
0: here, right now. Rob, that sounds uh, familiar to what we're talking about today. And that is the number one impediment to leaders growing and changing. Oh. So that would be one reactive response we could have right now. Yeah, to this run yet. into
1: a little resistance and just revert back to old ways. Yep.
0: So I've said it a couple times now, the number one impediment. Rob, you've been a master certified coach with how many <laughs> hours of coaching leaders <laughs> over the years?
1: Brad, you need to stop emphasizing that. It's as if I'm... I'm supposed to know a lot, and I, I just know a little, and the little that I've lo- I have know, I've learned from the leaders I uh, coach. Number one obstacle, impediment's a big word, Brad.
0: It is a big word.
1: Number one obstacle to leaders growing and changing, or there's a lot of them, I would say that that the biggest one is what I would call autopilot. Yeah, we
0: spend um, a lot of time with leaders on that.
1: We do and, and Brad, again, I have to put in a little plug for my book, Lead Like You Were Meant To, making the shift from autopilot to intentional. So yes, I would definitely say autopilot is the number one obstacle to leaders growing and changing. Is that intuitive to you, Brad? When like when you first heard that term and, and you hear it in this context of a barrier to growth and change, does it does it resonate?
0: Or when I hear the word autopilot, I I immediately think of of airline pilots flying their planes. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm not off here, I believe that typically when pilots are cruising, they're on autopilot. But it's when things get stormy or things get a little out of control, that's when they begin to take control of the, the plane. Or when they're landing. Yeah, landing's an
1: important time to
0: have a pilot so how does what does that have to do with leadership
1: yeah i like i like your word cruising there when we're just cruising along um and it's very interesting you know brad when we do that workshop that we have that introduces a lot of this stuff um and we have leaders reflect on a time recently when they weren't at their best and then we then we get into the substance of the workshop and of course one of the first things we talk about is autopilot I can just see the heads nodding right now of people recognizing the moment when they weren't at their best, they realized they were on autopilot. And it's true for me. I, I know it's true for me. When I get into trouble with Marta or I uh, say something to someone in a way I wish I hadn't, um, I look back and, and I was just on autopilot. So and I think it's important to say here at the beginning, autopilot is not bad. It, it helps us. We can do repetitive tasks without having to think about them. We can get multiple things done at the, at the same time uh, on autopilot. So just, just like it's a help to pilots flying from L.A. to LaGuardia, it can be helpful to us, but our, your question at the top, what's the number one obstacle to change for leaders? you know, if we're wanting to grow or change, autopilot is not going to help
0: us get there. Yeah, on the surface, it sounds like, man, autopilot sounds pretty nice, but you're saying that it's an impediment to leaders. It's an
1: impediment if we want to grow or change. So what is autopilot? Autopilot is, most basic definition is it's doing things the way I've always done them. Hmm. Now, that's, again, there's a lot I have to do in life that I just need to keep doing it the way I've always done it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I put gas into my car the same way I take the garbage out the same way I, you know, look at my calendar at the same way go through my email in the same way. So there's, there's a lot that that's fine. But if I'm wanting to lead differently, and, and growth implies leading differently, you cannot say you want to grow as a leader and not change. And so therefore you can't keep doing things the way you've always done them.
0: So the coronavirus in many ways has come in and sent us all off autopilot. Whew, that's so, so true. I mean, you look at the Wall Street Journal, you know, just in the last couple of days, I mean, Ford is projecting about a $600 million loss in their company. Then you've got Johnson and Johnson. I uh, found out this morning one of the few companies that actually is recording their projections for the year. So you've got all these different things going on. You've got all this 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 chaos going on in the marketplace, but also in organizations.
1: Airlines um, are going to be partially owned by the government.
0: That's right. The
1: the bailout that they're getting.
0: Yeah, we're not cruising. Yep. What are the what are the autopilot temptations for leaders in the midst of, you know, so their their company or their way of life is off autopilot. In what ways are they tempted to stay on their own personal autopilot? I
1: think that's a great question, and and, and you are making a distinction there, which I think is an important one. There's autopilot personally, and that's where we need to start because. That's what we have complete control over is is myself. Then there's autopilot in relating to one another, habitual ways of relating to one another. You, you ask about the coronavirus and how it's thrown all of us off. And I think that the first autopilot tendency that we all we are all dealing with is we want things to be back the way they were. <laughs> yep. We want to be back to where we can mindlessly drive to the office and walk to our office or our cubicle and do our routine. And that's understandable. That's, that's human nature. We appreciate the familiar. We appreciate what we're practiced and good at doing. But my goodness, I talked to a leader yesterday, has three little ones under the age of five sharing a, some pretty tight family quarters uh, in New York City. Hmm. And um, my gosh, he is not on autopilot. He, he's having to navigate family
0: and work in, in whole new ways. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Cartman's Triangle. You know, our tendencies to be and to play certain roles and uh, how we show up. For instance, uh, you know, obviously the, the coronavirus plays the villain. So, any of you who don't know Cartman's Triangle, you've got villain, victim, and rescuer, I believe, hmm. are the three roles that are played there, and it, it's inter- interesting to see some of the leaders out there that immediately go into rescuer mo- mode, and others who go into victim mode, meaning we just got to wait, wait till everybody else comes to swoop us, swoop us back, yeah. and then the others who just you know don't mind playing that villain of just you know cutting people and being harsh and being harsh and feeling like that. You know That's the role that they get to play. I, I don't know if that fits in at all the autopilot or not, Rob, but something that came to mind as you were talking there.
1: I think we all, victim, villain, rescuer, I think that those all describe autopilot tendencies that a person can have. We probably, mm-hmm. if we're on autopilot, we probably tend to play one of those roles more than the other two uh, more often. But yeah, autopilot is let, – let's keep in mind that, that we witness autopilot through actions and words. So if you're on autopilot, Brad, um, I might be able to discern it by the way you're behaving, and your behavior could be aggressive. Your, your behavior could be withdrawing. Um, I could, I could uh, maybe observe it in your words – where you're always, you know, pleading the case for others. Your words are always expressing pleading your own case and and kind of that selfish thing. So I can observe all of that at the surface in words and behavior. But we got to remember that autopilot has its roots underneath that in our mm. thoughts and our feelings. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this is this is where your Cartman's triangle helps a little bit of. Okay, when I'm confronted with a challenge like the coronavirus, where do my thoughts go right away? Where do my feelings go? Victim, I'm, I'm helpless here. Villain, I'm not going to let this stop me. Uh, get out of my way. Rescuer, I'm going to help everybody else. Those those actions and words that that manifest in those three types start with, how we're thinking about something and how we're feeling about it. So it's, it's back to that leadership inner game that's in play here.
0: Rob, I got a text. I was checking in with a CEO this week just to see how they're doing and, and what's going on with them and their response to this, you know, and I'm just thinking back to our conversation here on Cartman's triangle. Uh, Their response was, I am made for this crisis. It's Mm. when I'm not in a crisis that I have my problems. Yeah. How do you hear autopilot in that?
1: Wow. The word that pops up there is not victim, villain, or rescuer. Maybe rescuer is here. The word that pops up for me is hero. That's mm. that's a leader who views themselves as a hero. When do we have heroes? We have heroes come in to kind of save the day when things are really bad and bleak. And uh, yes, that's familiar to me, Brad. I I, I hear that from a good number of my leaders as well. Uh, I function best here. Mm -hmm. So there is autopilot there. I, I I don't want to get too far astray though with these labels so there can be good there in that leader, recognizing themselves as a hero. The, the autopilot problem could be when we don't need a hero and they still want to behave as a hero. Mm -hmm. They could overrun other people They could see problems when nobody else sees a problem. You know, there could be some autopilot tendencies there. Uh, Some of what I want to drill down here on on autopilot, though, to just make it more personal so that we're not just stuck with labels is when I hear a leader say, that's just the way I am, Hmm. as a coach, I'm going to say, oh, really? (laughs) So is that just where you're going to stay? because again that doesn't go with leadership growth or change and and a lot of us have that have that attitude that's just the way i am deal with it
0: is Uh, that one of the reasons why people stay stuck in autopilot rob or what are some of those why you know why why do people stay stuck in it
1: again i would say the first thing there is just a lack of awareness that they're in it Mm -hmm. um it's what they know i would how long have you been married brad you, and Amy. Uh, it'll be twenty-five years this uh, July. Yeah. So I would say that you have not stayed married, and I know, I know, Amy, she's awesome, and you all have a great marriage. Marta and I are coming up on thirty-four. Mm. I would tell you that Marta, I, I'll let you speak for yourself. Marta and I would not be at thirty-four if I had stayed stuck in autopilot for the last mm. thirty-four years.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely.
1: You know, it just doesn't work with Marta for. For me to say, honey, that's just the way I am. You're going to have to deal with it. Right. <laughs> you, right. you know, Marta, that's not, that's not going to work. And
0: That would not go over well in my household either.
1: So that's where we need to reframe that and say, that's the way I've been up to now. Mm-hmm. And now there's an opportunity to, to, to be different and to show up differently. There's an opportunity for me to see things in new ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, there's a way for me to process what I'm seeing in new ways. And then there's, there's new ways of me showing up based on that. Those are, those are all our language that brings in the notion of something other than autopilot and introduce the real possibility for growth and change in a leader.
0: So I guess the question everybody's probably asking at this point is how do you deal with it? you know, what can you do to address autopilot? I mean, obviously you can hire a coach and uh, you've got a book coming out uh, in the fall on this that's going to be helpful to all of us. But uh, what are some of the other ways that you deal with autopilot, Rob?
1: Brad, I would say it is tough. It's very hard. Hmm. I've understood this concept, you know, for the better part of the last uh, 15 or so years that I've been coaching. Mm-hmm. and i can recognize my autopilot tendencies more and more and by the way the more you notice the <laughs> the more you see but uh, one of the things that i like to say is is change begins with awareness but awareness does not equal change so i can notice i'm on autopilot i can notice i'm approaching this problem or this person the same way i always have but my goodness Give me some help for how to change how I'm approaching this person, how I'm dealing with them or this problem. And again, I do have to say that we're not making a big plug here, but that is where coaching becomes so valuable. Having a person that's safe to talk about these things with, I mean, first, first is just the vulnerability that it takes to acknowledge all the ways in which you're on autopilot. And again, when that gets into your thoughts and feelings, that's pretty, that's space we don't let too many people into. So when you can let a coach into that space with you and examine, and that coach can ask questions that say, well, do you want, how do you want to think about this differently? How do you want to manage how you're feeling about this differently? And then out of that, how do you want to behave differently? Uh, There's just not too many other people like a professional coach that can, that can help have that conversation, not just today, but next week and the next week and the next week after. Breaking out of autopilot is just like breaking any other habit. It's it's intentional repetition that helps you shift in, in how you're doing things. L- last thing I would just mention is it's scary to change. It's risky Absolutely. to change. Part of what keeps me stuck on autopilot is this is the way I've always done it, and maybe. The results haven't always been great, but I'll take that. You know, I'll deal with that. And and um, to have a uh, a companion that will walk alongside you and and help you make the break is there. There's just nothing. There's nothing like that.
0: So imagine for a minute, I'm a CEO. I'm listening to this podcast right now. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hearing you talk about autopilot. I'm hearing you talk about uh, what it looks like, how it affects me, why it's there. What are the benefits to moving off autopilot? If I'm a CEO, what are the benefits to my organization, to my leadership if I go off autopilot?
1: Brad, I almost have to rephrase your question. What are the problems if I don't? That's a great, and the, yeah. And the problems are that you're going to keep leading the way you've always led. And that is fine if you want to maintain. Hmm. That is fine if you want the same results roughly next year that you got this year. But this is a simple mathematical formula that I talk about with leaders all the time. If you want your company to grow, you as its leader have got to grow. For your company to grow, it has to do things in new ways. For it to do things in new ways under your leadership, you are going to have to begin doing things in new ways. And so that's, that's the trade-off that's, and and that's the opportunity with noticing my autopilot tendencies and being, beginning to shift away from them. By the way, first two thirds of my book is largely about all of this and, and how to do this, but, but it's imperative for leaders. And the further up you are on the ladder, it's even more imperative for you to make this shift out of autopilot. Remember it's, it's, it's not bad all the time, but it's definitely bad if,
0: if we're wanting to change or grow. Can you just give some, you used a marriage earlier as an example. Uh, you know, again, you've been married 34 years. I'm almost 25. Uh, What are some, you know, just some examples that you would use to say, hey, this is how I got off autopilot. Here's some changes I've had to make.
1: You know, one of the biggest ones, and I still fight this, is, um, you know me, Brad, you know I'm a planner. I think ahead. Mm -hmm. And Marta is, God bless her, is much more in the moment and present. And she's helped me a lot with being more present uh, over the years. But I'll kind of already have my next five to seven days planned out or my next five to seven hours planned out. And Marta will come along introducing a, an idea for something to do later today or later this week. My autopilot response will be no. Now I may not say that, but I'll hesitate internally. I'm like, no, I've already got my plans made. I'm, I'm, I got it and my plans all fit together and you introduce this it's going to throw me off with everything and that is that is just a big area where I have slowly gotten better at not saying no and by the way not saying no inside myself
0: mm-hmm. and by the way
1: that no is accompanied by fear fear mm-hmm. that this will totally be disruptive it's accompanied by thoughts i don't have time to do that because i got all these other things You know, so all that internal thing is going on before that no pops out of my mouth and it happens very quickly. And thankfully with Marta, because she is, she just brings so many good things into my life. Mm -hmm. I've, I've gradually gotten more practiced at turning off that autopilot and instead saying, well, let's, let's consider that. And that, that's about the best I can do right now. And I'm still,
0: still working on it. And thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being vulnerable with the, uh, the whole Squadcast podcast community we got going on here. <laughs> so Rob, now's the time in our podcast where we highlight a leader who is implementing change in their leadership. And I want to highlight a leader that I've been working with for a while now who is designing their action plan which is a time in our coaching where they decide what they need to change to make their leadership more effective. And this leader has decided that they really need to pace themselves more throughout the day. They schedule back to back to back, and they don't allow any time for themselves to recover from their previously scheduled item or allow time to prepare for their next scheduled item. And so I've been working with a leader for a while now who has recognized that they are scattered and distracted in their leadership presence with their people and their people have also recognized this tendency. And it has a lot to do with the way they schedule. So this leader is implementing a plan for change and has decided that they are going to allow time in between scheduled items to prepare and plan. So kudos to them. We're really excited about what this is gonna mean for their leadership moving forward and the impact that it's gonna have on the people that they lead. So here's our coaching question for you today for you to think about. What do you need to change about your leadership presence? What is your autopilot? Thanks a lot for listening today. Have a great day.
1: Thanks.